Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the sustainable innovator. We won't save the planet by recycling 50% of our waste. We save it by not creating waste. Season two goes heavily into circular business models and innovation while creating a space to discuss issues important to our society, like education. Join me and my guest as we explore and create pathways toward a future for the planet. My next guest, Claudia, worked in financial services for nearly a decade before she packed up her things and left to start a business of purpose. She had been thinking about a sustainable business model for all of her beauty products, and that's when Circular was born. So welcome, Claudia. Welcome to our show. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for thinking about us and asking me to come and join. Yeah, it's lovely to have you. And I'm really interested in Circular because it's a unique sort of business model. It's especially in the sustainability space. I've not heard of a model quite like this. So why don't you tell our listeners about what Circular does and what it's about? Yeah, sure. So I think the easiest way to kind of understand what Circular does is we are the traditional milkman-like service. Um, Most people might be too young to remember what that is, but I think most people have an idea. But instead of delivering milk, um, we deliver beauty products. Um, So exactly like the milkman, so you can order the products that you need online. We have a whole range of different brands and products. We deliver them directly to your doorstep. You use them. Um, When you're done, we pick up your empty packaging um, and then we deal with all the kind of faff around cleaning it and refilling it and getting it ready for reuse. But you've got a kind of filled bottle um, ready to go. So, yeah, that's us. (laughs) And and how do you separate this from your traditional recycling trash? Like, what are the rules? (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, the way that it works is that we, when we deliver your products, we deliver it in like a kind of circular reusable bag, which we kind of ask for you to keep. So, and you're obviously welcome to use it, to pop to the shops or, you know, anything else. And on the day that we do the the refill, so for example, if you had to say to me, you know, you, you, we, we get an alert to say, you know, you might be running out of shampoo. Um, we, we message, say, you know, do you need a top up? You know, do you need a refill? Yep, we organize a delivery date um, and a time. We ask you to, obviously during the pandemic, obviously at the moment, most people are leaving it outside. And then we'll drop you a kind of message to say when we're in about 15 minutes away, most people just leave it outside. We pick up that empty bag and drop off a new one. Wow. And what sort of network, how, how far reaching is your organization at the moment? Because it sounds like a logistical um, challenge. Yeah, so no, definitely. So at the moment, we're focused on on London. Um, one, because, you know, you have such a high density of you know, population. Um, but it's definitely something that, you know, we're looking at at the moment is, you know, how do we grow beyond London? I mean, I think the answer lies something into most probably focusing on other kind of metropolitan areas, high density areas, and then looking at how do you expand into more rural areas? You've also got kind of different shopping habits. You know, generally the population in London is a lot younger, kind of much more used to also delivery type services and things like that but you know these are the same challenges that like uber and delivery faced as well because they're exactly they work better in you know high density areas so i hope that we'll get to that challenge one day <laughs> <laughs> no that's great and in in terms of uber and and delivery etc i was thinking about them in terms of picking up those things for you as well like like you know almost a reverse model for them um is that something that that 
it's actually done anyway. I, I don't even know if that's exploited. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not done anywhere. I mean, there's certain companies. So I basically, I use a company called um, every now and then, particularly during lockdown, treated myself to a monthly, but monthly delivery of flowers. And there's this amazing company in the UK called Freddie's Flowers. And they've actually, it arrives in a cardboard box. Actually, they're really, really good with their packaging. It's most flowers that people buy in the supermarkets are kind of filled with plastic. And theirs actually isn't. And they've actually started, um, because they've got such scale in London, that they, if you leave your empty, your box from, let's say the week before or the month before outside, they actually take it, they actually take it back. So there's definitely a lot of thought going into, companies are becoming more, thoughtful around if we're delivering a lot of packaging how do we take that back um I get my pet my I've got a cute little dog um and the food that he arrives every um every month they actually there's part of it because it's it's frozen so there's those ice cube packs and actually they ask you to kind of collect some of that insulation and then you can actually put you know post it back to them whether they're reusing it or not you know, to be debated, but I think what's interesting is more that companies are starting to think about that because there's a demand from consumers. Yeah, that's really interesting. Can you tell us about your background before you started Sigla? Because I think other people will want to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I didn't come from the beauty industry um, and I wasn't even a kind of hardcore environmentalist. I actually worked in finance. Um, I finished university, joined Barclays, um, worked there for about yeah, just under 10 years. Quite scary to say. It also really shows off my age. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was nothing necessarily wrong with what I was doing. I actually had a really great role. I, I've been given loads of great opportunities. It was just for me, something inside of me, I was like, this is, this is not my purpose. I'm not feeling fulfilled. Um, there must be something more. Um, and yeah, that's kind of started the search for it. <laughs> Great. So I wanted to ask one more thing about your product, and that is really what's in it for the consumer? Like what's special about the product itself? Is there a price differential or is it just that feeling of being responsible? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, obviously the main part of it, I think, is the kind of feel good element that, you know, you're not contributing to waste. But I think the other part of it, when you look at kind of sustainability, for example, and actually a lot in beauty brands is that there's been a lot of stuff that's, you know, there's lots of products of brands telling you lots of stuff. And actually for consumers, it ends up being a bit confusing, overwhelming. What do you believe? You know, what is good? What is you know bad? Should I be buying this? Should I be buying that? So I think one thing that I, you know, we do at Circular is we make sure that the brands that you're actually buying have been kind of thoroughly vetted, you know, not just from their products are really great and we love them and they really work and they you know, feel gorgeous on your skin or in your hair, but actually the company itself is also doing good, you know, because I think one thing that wouldn't make sense for me is, okay, I'm solving this packaging problem, but then I'm working with a company that, you know, doesn't pay, pay a fair wage or has no idea about their supply chain. So it's much more holistic than just the packaging. So I think that's one of the bits that we do some of the work for you. So you can rest assured you're buying from Circle and you're also getting a really great product from a really amazing brand who's committed to doing cool stuff. The other part of it is we try to reward positive behavior. So there's been some other kind of refill companies that have come out, which have put a big deposits on you being able to use the packaging. And for me, whilst that might make sense from a business perspective and commercially, I just felt like a 
hindrance to the customer. I, I really believe making things to go mainstream sustainability-wise is like it needs to kind of be the same as it is today, but better for the planet. And therefore, I, you know, we reward positive behavior. So for every bottle you return, we give you points, which you can use as a kind of discount. So the more you refill, the kind of cheaper it gets. Um, that's kind of, you know, my ethos. I mean, you know, maybe we have to, we might have to change that in the future, but I hope not, um, because I think that's kind of the core of what Circular, you know, kind of is about. And I think that's why kind of customers choose us. So you've kind of gamified the process as well. Yeah, I mean, we've got some exciting things and plans that um, one thing I would love to have is that the minute someone buys a product, they can see the direct impact of, you know, buying that product and also their kind of collective impact. So, you know, the more that they use Circular, they can be like, oh, I've saved this much in waste or this much in CO2 and emissions, et cetera. That's on our kind of roadmap for this year. And then you can also do it collectively, like as a brand, we've done this. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot in people actually wanting to see and see really like actual numbers that they can believe in around, you know, the good that they're doing. Yeah, that's super important, I think. So the last question is going to be around the challenges of getting a sustainable business off the ground. Tell us about that journey and what you've encountered and how you've gotten over it. <laughs> I mean, our journey has been a little bit crazy because actually before we had this model, our model was um, focused on hotels and a B2B model for refills. So I think all those hotel amenity products enormous amount of waste um and in april of last year we were due to roll out kind of three commercial pilots with hotels to test this this business model obviously covid happened that all got kind of yeah turned you know got didn't didn't happen and we kind of that's i guess the word of the 2020 was you know pivot into this new model but i think you know more to your question around kind of the challenges of having a sustainability brand I think you need to have a bit more patience because things are sometimes harder to do um you know you can't just go and you need to do a bit more research into what who you're supplying things with and how does it really work and is it truly sustainable um and I think the second thing you need to do you know the second biggest challenge is that um you know you've got to be really realistic to your customer. Most people who start sustainability brands are so passionate about the environment and they immediately think everyone else is as well. And we all want that. And I do believe that everyone has good intentions, but you have to be realistic to like the busy mom who has not got time to go to a refill shop or the times that you're out with friends having a coffee and you've forgotten, you know, we have to remember that that's not that how we might want people to live their lives is not how they are living their lives. Um, and I think that's, you know, a really interesting challenge for sustainable brands. Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges I found at least in actually working with the group where I met you and, and looking at sustainability in general, where a lot of small players trying to, you know, grow an idea. It's the same idea, but in small little pockets everywhere. And, I guess my question is around how can we make this more sustainable for ourselves? You know, I think even before we we got live on this call, we talked about this, this idea of being this entrepreneur who's doing everything. And one of maybe one of the, the questions I have as well is around things like franchising. Like, how can we scale this? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, really, really interesting, you know, really interesting. I completely agree with you. I think 
um, there are, there's two things. The reason why sometimes it stays small for businesses is because also consumers tend to not trust when really big brands say they're doing sustainability. But the other hand is that all those small guys, you know, to keep themselves so authentic, it means that it's quite difficult to grow because it can be really, really expensive. And also sometimes when you see, you know, eco brands, for example, becoming, let's say, corporate and big, all of a sudden their kind of loyal customer base actually starts attacking them. And I think that was kind of the case of um, Oatly, for example, you know, the oat milk brands, you know, got took money from a massive VC firm, I think, in the US and they got, you know, kind of obliterated online for it. So those are some of the big, more like bigger kind of challenges I think you face. In terms of, you know, for us to start, I think my one of my biggest focuses for this year is collaboration with other brands and tapping into each other's communities because, you know, I'm not, I think not to see each other as competition, but to see as like actually we're all working towards a greater goal, you know. So I'm desperate to work with, you know, meal companies that are maybe serving kind of, you know, healthy local, you know, vegan food or organic food delivery companies or anything that's all these, all this different, different sustainability type products that exist. How can we actually come together and find a way to promote each other, whether that's through our delivery, our operations, our logistics, you know, marketing each other, because actually that's how I think we remain, we become really scary and competitive to some of these big brands is when we start working together. Yeah, like this idea. Finally, advice for other sustainable brands like yours. I mean, my biggest advice is you're going to hear no just so many times. And there's going to be people who don't believe in what you're doing. They're going to give you a million reasons why, you know, it won't work. Um, and obviously it comes a day for, you know, for for people who run a company where you have to accept that it's just not going to work. But I think if you've got a really great idea and you're finding a way to test it and you really believe in it, you've got to have just a really hard skin and believe in yourself and be able to pick yourself up because there's going to be great days, you know, when you get invited onto a cool podcast and then you're going to have days where no one buys your product the next day and no one's interested and everyone's telling you it's not going to work and finding a way to, get that kind of thick skin to keep going um, and believing yourself um, and being patient with the process, I think is my biggest advice. Wonderful. How can people find out more about you? Especially, I know that you're based in London now, but how can they find out one about, about how to buy your products, but also about yeah. how they can work with you and support you? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, obviously, please visit our website. Um, it's www.circler.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram. We're at circler um, underscore, I think it is. Um, please, yeah, love to hear from anyone who'd like to collaborate. Um, you know, my email is claudia at circler.co.uk. Find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, love to speak, to, you know, absolutely love to speak to you. And also really happy for anyone who is based in London. If you'd like to try Circler, um, you can get 20% off with Circler 20 at checkout. So yeah, please come and try us. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us, Claudia. No, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you today by Career Sketching with Catherine Ann Byam and the space where ideas launch. Career Sketching is a leadership development and coaching brand offering personalized career transition and transformation services. 
The Space Where Ideas Launch offers high-performance group leadership coaching and strategy facilitation to businesses in the food and health sectors. To find out more, contact Catherine Ann Byam on LinkedIn.